Hey guys, I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Boy, that was another wild week of Big 12 football. Full slate of games, five games, and my goodness, let's break them all down. By the way, we're brought to you by mybookie.com. Use the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12. You get a 100% sign-up bonus, and I don't want to brag, but our picks are 12-3 and three against the spread so far this year for the Big 12. We went 4-1 and one yesterday against the spread, only missing the Baylor-West Virginia game. So we're on fire there, and they're a very important partner for us, so we appreciate uh, if you deposit there, you get a 100% sign-up bonus for college, NFL, whatever. The money's right out of the gates. It's outstanding. Use the promo code BIG12 at mybookie.com. And if you're on the podcast, please leave us a rating review that helps us tremendously. We've got free koozies we'll send your way at uh, send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com of your rating and review. We'll get a koozie in the mail for you guys. All right, let's start off. We're going to go in order here with the games uh, from this past weekend and start with West Virginia and Baylor going to double overtime. And who would have thought this wouldn't even be the most wild game of the weekend? I got to hand it to the Mountaineers. Uh, This team, first off, I picked the Bears with the two and a half points. So I was wrong. I thought Baylor would win this game comfortably outright. Wrong there. This West Virginia defense, especially that front line and that front seven in general, may be, I mean, Iowa State's up there with them, but but West Virginia's got a strong case that it may be one of the strongest front sevens in the entire Big 12. They allowed just 27 rushing yards yesterday to Baylor on 33 carries for .8 yards per rush. That is absolutely unbelievable for this uh, West Virginia front seven. They deserve a lot of credit for how they bounced back from last week against Oklahoma State. They got it done. They didn't They didn't win the turnover battle. And they had more penalty yards. It was an ugly day for the entire conference in terms of penalties and the officiating. We can get to all of that. But despite that, this is a team that didn't win the turnover battle but was so stout up front for its defense, it didn't much matter. I mean, they got that defense now uh, humming. They got the offense rolling a little bit, especially the running game. Had 134 rushing yards yesterday. Uh, They continue to impress me. So I thought this game yesterday between Baylor and West Virginia was a battle between two teams that are probably middle-of-the-pack Big 12 teams, but that the winner would have a case to be made as that team that can upset throughout the season, that can surprise teams, that can maybe finish uh, you know, top four or, or something like that, maybe, if all things break right, third place in the Big 12. And if you were to look at that game yesterday and say, is it Baylor or is it West Virginia? You'd say it's West Virginia. The offensive line starting to come together. Letty Brown, he had 27 carries, 93 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He's looking good. The wide receiver's looking comfortable. And you got to like what you saw yesterday from this West Virginia team at home against a Baylor team that had reached, of course, the Big 12 championship game last year. And overall, uh, the Mountaineers continue to impress me. Even their loss, of course, which was to Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State may very well be uh, the best team in the Big 12 right now. That loss, first off, it was 27-13 last week. That loss was nearly was not nearly as bad as it looked like in the box score, just seeing a 27-13 game. But man, oh man, Neil Brown's got himself something going there. I'm not saying they're winning the conference, okay? I don't believe that they will, but 
Um, that being said, you got to like the trajectory for, for Neil Brown's program. On Facebook Live, Scott writes, I give West Virginia credit, but honestly, Baylor defeated themselves. I believe Baylor will learn from the game. They'll bounce back from this devastating loss. I hope so. I hope so. But you know what? Baylor, that running game was was not sharp. The defense at times had some issues. 12 penalties in that game. So, uh, you know, a couple of picks for Charlie Brewer. So there certainly are some things to work on there. Uh, for Baylor, no doubt about that. I'm not souring on Baylor, but you know what? you got to give the Mountaineers uh, credit. Tim writes, please condemn the Big 12 officiating. When is enough going to be enough? It was bad every game yesterday. Absolutely agree. You can go through every game and find issues with the officiating across the Big 12 yesterday. There's no doubt about it. You can absolutely, absolutely do that. I will not defend the officiating in any one of these games. But like every game of football, right, unless it's so egregious, I believe you can also find reasons each one of these teams lost yesterday in the Big 12 Conference. So I think that's got to be made clear as well. You can't overlook that. Ryan uh, on Facebook Live, and we're, by the way, on Facebook Periscope right now. We'll be up on the podcast later today. We'll be up on YouTube. So we're in all those places for you. Ryan writes, West Virginia will play more of a spoiler. I agree. Nobody should overlook the Mountaineers. And frankly, nobody in the Big 12 should overlook anybody this year except for Kansas. They are terrible. Oh, man, they are terrible. Absolutely terrible. We'll get to that. All right, the second early kickoff yesterday was TCU and Texas. And my thumb's got a workout bouncing back and forth between these two games. Holy cow. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't move those thumbs fast enough. So TCU... Gets a 33-31 win over Texas. Gary Patterson is now 7-2 and against Texas since joining the Big 12. And, I, I, you know, I get plenty of picks wrong, okay? So when I get a couple right, I got to brag about it. And I picked TCU outright in this game. I hammered him plus 11. Uh, and Gary Patterson's got Texas's number. He gets his guys juiced up for the Longhorns. All right, he does. It's clear as day. You had Tom Herman sliding him this week with some of his just idiotic comments that we talked about in the podcast earlier in the week as well. So that likely fired him up a little bit more. But I thought TCU was going to lose because I just I thought they were kicking too many field goals. There were four field goals TCU kicked, and I said, geez, they couldn't get one or two of those in the end zone. That's going to be the difference in this game. Texas is going to win. That's what I thought was going to happen as the game was playing out, and it didn't. It didn't at all, um, and obviously you had the fumble at the goal line by Keontae Ingram. He tries to stretch out for that score. It would have put Texas on top. Instead, TCU recovers, runs out the clock, takes a safety, and wins by two points. But this was, talk about the officiating here, with eight minutes left in the first quarter, these teams had 64 yards of penalties through the first seven minutes of this game. I mean, I get it. There's sloppiness. It's been a weird year. There's so much going on right now in, in these teams not really being able to have a fall camp. They're still getting their bearings under them. But, boy, it was just ugly. And Texas had a penalty every other play, it looked like. And, you know, I'm not, I know that if you're not a Texas fan, you're not going to feel bad for the Longhorns. But they did get screwed on a couple of calls in that first half as well. All right, they did. Uh, on, on the touchdown, the first touchdown, I believe it was for TCU by uh, Duggan, there was a holding penalty on the left side. It got overlooked. Now, you can't point to one holding penalty as a difference in the game, okay? You can't. But, you know, there was some bad officiating in that game as well. There's no doubt about it. 
But speaking of Max Duggan, uh, this guy is turning into one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the Big 12. So last year he had the wheels. We're seeing that still this year. We saw that on the last touchdown for TCU. But he's throwing the ball really damn well. I saw this guy in person last year, and I was not impressed with his comfort in the pocket. I was not impressed with his accuracy. I just didn't think he was a passer. He's a passer this year. Max Duggan's got some nice touch. And if Gary Patterson keeps building this guy up and working with this guy, he's got a quarterback who, you know, only a sophomore can be the type of quarterback that allows you to compete for a Big 12 title and maybe win one in a given year. And he hasn't had that. I mean, Kenny Hill kind of, but I didn't think Kenny Hill was the kind of guy that could really win you a Big 12 championship. He, he, he worked for how good the defense was. Probably that Trevon Boykin offense and that team was probably the last one where you said, okay, we can win a Big 12 title with this guy and this offense. Duggins looks to be of that mold for TCU. Looks to be of that mold uh, for TCU. So, uh, so let's see, what, what do we have here on Facebook? Pete, is Tom Herman on the, t- on the hot seat? Isn't Texas back? Well, by the way, yesterday, our own Derek Duke had a viral tweet. It was a picture of Sam Ellinger after they won their big bowl game two years ago when he reached into the microphone and he said, I'm back. Remember that whole thing? Well, Texas is 6-5 and five in Big 12 play since that happened. So that tells you all you need to know right there about whether or not Texas is actually back or not. They're not back. Uh, I'm sorry. Ryan, will, Red, will the Red River rivalry be an elimination game for the Big 12 championship? Yeah, it could be. It could be. Think about it. I mean, if OU falls to 0-3, they're not making a Big 12 title game. And if Texas falls to 1-2, I don't see how they win a Big 12 title game because OU would have the tiebreaker against them. You know, Oklahoma State's sitting there at 2-0 and and, and Kansas State's 2-0. and And uh, so, yeah, I, I could definitely see that being the case. Think about that. OU Texas on October 10th is going to be an elimination game for the Big 12 championship. Isn't that 2020 in a, in a nutshell for you? I mean, that like defines 2020 to a T. That OU Texas in a year when everyone picked them one and two in the Big 12 is potentially an elimination game for the conference championship game. That tells you all you need to know about how screwed up 2020 is. So, <laughs> and kudos to Gary Patterson and this team taking care of business, going on the road, getting a win. Uh, unbelievable stuff for for TCU and, and bouncing back from that loss last week to Iowa State. So don't forget your comments, your questions on Periscope, on Facebook Live as well. We've got them all for you here on heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks so much for being here and joining us um, for the show, the Sunday recap show. All right, Oklahoma State rolling over Kansas. 47 to 7. I hate to do to to be so blunt about it, but let's be honest. Um anytime Kansas plays somebody this year, it's going to be the least talked about game in the Big 12 before and after. Kansas is just so bad. Now, I, I don't blame Les Miles for doing what he's doing. I'm going to say it each and every week. He's doing the right thing. He's got high school recruits. He's not doing the JUCO thing where he's trying to hammer in JUCO guys and, and hope that he wins three games. He's doing it the right way. But doing it the right way may mean going 0-10 this year. Oklahoma State had 593 total yards. Kansas had 193. 
They had 400 more total yards than Kansas. KU was 1 of 14 on third down. I mean, it w- they didn't have a play longer than 10 yards until the fourth quarter. It was horrible, absolutely horrible for Kansas on Saturday. Um, and you know what? Starting Shane Ellingworth was the right call for Mike Gundy. We talked about that all week. What do you do? Do you go back to Sanders, Spencer Sanders, who's dealing with the ankle injury at quarterback? Do you let him rest another week, play the true freshman? That's what we recommended. That's what Gundy did. Illingworth looked as comfortable as he had in any game this this year, 17-23, 265 yards, three touchdowns. So he looked good there, and he got the job done. So Oklahoma State rolling over Kansas, no shocker there at all. Kansas is really, really bad. But that doesn't mean I'm bailing on Les Miles, okay? I mean, he's trying a couple of guys at quarterback. I have no problem bouncing around between Miles Kendrick and Jalen Daniels. It looks like Thomas McVitie is basically done. Uh, he didn't get any any run yesterday in this game. So it's down to those two guys. Let them work it out. See what you got and, and roll it out from there. I have no problem with how Les Miles is doing this, but it is going to be a very ugly year. And it's sad to think that you know a guy like Puka Williams – as talented as he is, is is never going to be and never going to get the attention that he should have gotten had he been at an Oklahoma or uh, you know even a, a TCU wherever it might be. But boy, the kid is talented and he's the best talent KU has had in a while, and his services are going to be basically for naught. I hate to say it, but. That's the deal. Uh, that's the deal. By the way, guys, on, on Facebook and Periscope, we're brought to you by MyBookie.com. With the promo code BIG12, when you deposit, you get a free 100% sign-up bonus. You just, you know, you put in 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks for free. You don't have to unlock it. You just get it out of the gates. It's a very important partnership for us, and it helps us continue to build all of our digital outlets, whether it's the podcast, the videos, you know, who we're writing, we can hire more writers, we can take care of our writers better. So please do consider mybookie.ag. It's a big part of what we do. And um, you using the promo code BIG12 gets you a 100% sign-up bonus. Let's roll to the – oh, let me see if we have any questions here. Do, 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 do. Uh, Vincent writes, if West Virginia had a better quarterback, they could beat anyone in the conference. I have not been impressed with Daigie. After how Daigie played last year, Vince, I agree he has not been great this year. I agree with that. I've been underwhelmed by, I almost said Seth, but no, Jarrett Daigie. Seth, of course, is his brother, played at Texas Tech. I have not been impressed with Daigie thus far this year. Not like I expected him to be based on what he did the last three games last year, uh, helping that team go 2-1 and one down the stretch. No doubt about that. Yes, he also has taken a beating as well, so let's not overlook that either. Let's go to the Kansas State-Texas Tech game. Kansas State is now 2-0 in the Big 12, beating Texas Tech 31-21. And this was a game where it was basically a battle between backup quarterbacks. Uh, you had both Alan Bowman and Skylar Thompson go down. Let's talk about these two injuries, by the way. So Alan Bowman, I mean, the guy is so fragile. I didn't think it was a dirty hit. I know it was at the legs by Tech. But I didn't think it was a dirty hit. If Bowman bounces back up from that, I think that most people are like, eh, you know, maybe it's a little questionable, but I don't think anybody's freaking out over that hit. But Bowman is so fragile, he gets hurt, and it looks bad. I, I, that's, that's what happened there. And was there retaliation uh, against Skylar Thompson? <sighs> maybe. 
maybe that to me was a cheaper shot than the one against Bowman. You know, I mean, that was clearly, clearly uh, trying to get a big hit on Skylar Thompson. That's what was going on there. So if you're telling me which one looked worse, I think the hit against Skylar Thompson looked worse than the hit against Alan Bowman. I don't know for sure if either was, was dirty or intentional or anything like that. But if you're asking me which one looked worse, I thought the hit against Skylar Thompson looked worse. So then you had two guys going at it in uh, Henry Columbia for Texas Tech and then Will Howard, the freshman, for Kansas State. Columbia is a guy that came over from Utah State with um, with four Matt Wells, who he, of course, played for prior to Wells coming to Texas Tech. Howard, true freshman, got it done. Think about this for Texas, for Kansas State. Kansas State... I mean, this is a game that if you look back on it, you had now a veteran quarterback in Columbia going against a true freshman quarterback in Howard, and it was the true freshman getting the job done. Uh, That's pretty darn good, especially considering Tech at one point took a 21-17 lead early in the fourth quarter in that game. As Columbia got more comfortable, I got more impressed with Columbia as the game went on. I got more impressed with them as that game went on. And then, of course, I mean, Deuce... Vaughn. This guy, you saw him against Arkansas State. He had a big game against Arkansas State in the opener, even though K-State lost that game. And it was like, all right, let's get to Big 12 play and see what Deuce Vaughn is all about. Dude's a stud. Dude's a total stud. To think that K-State's got at least, you know, two more seasons with this guy. 16 carries, uh, 113 yards and a score, over seven yards per carry, three catches, 81 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it is unbelievable. I I remember asking somebody with K-State early on after the Arkansas State game, I said, is this like uh, Darren Sproles 2.0? And they're like, oh, come on, don't overreact. Don't overreact to Darren Sproles 2.0. I'm like, now it's like, is is Darren Sproles going to have the career that Deuce Vaughn's going to (laughs) have? What else do we have here? Uh, Joe writes, Pete, totally agree on the Bowman hit. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the Bowman hit was was intentionally dirty. I mean, Bowman got hurt, but the guy is so damn fragile. Alvin, Pete, what do you think of all the Wildcat freshmen being thrown into the fire? Wildcat Nation loves our coaches. Right now, how is Chris? I know it's so early. Okay, this is going to change. But three games in, how is Chris Kleiman not the coach of the year in the Big 12? And to think that between K-State and Iowa State, if only these two teams won their first game of the year, they'd both be sitting in the top 25. Iowa State will get to them in a second. They'd probably be a top 10 team if they didn't blow that game to Louisiana. And K-State would probably have a top 15 or top 20 ranking right now. Uh, that's got to be so frustrating for those uh, coaches and players. But, yes, you got to love the coaching staff. What Chris Kleiman has done, I really thought this was going to be a year where K-State finished 7th, 8th in the Big 12. And I guess they still could, right? It's it's such a topsy-turvy year. It's such a stacked conference, one through nine. Sorry, Kansas. It could still happen, uh, depending on what Skylar Thompson's health is. But uh, to think that this Kansas State team, coming back this year, brand-new offensive line, so many new faces, young players, is going into a situation where they're right now tied for first place as we go to the second week in October in the Big 12. I know it's just 2-0, and but hey, you got to love that. you got to love that if you're a Kansas State fan. you got to love what this team is doing for you and what they've got going on. It is a really exciting time for Chris Kleiman and this program. Um, as for Matt Wells, it just feels like he can't catch a break. Uh, last week's game against Texas, you know, they got a 99.8% chance of winning. I'm not, I'm not BSing. I mean, that's the stats. That's what it said. 
99.8% chance of winning that game, and they blew it. And then they come to Kansas State, you know, Bowman gets hurt, you're rolling with Columbia, you got to lead in the fourth quarter, and you lose the game by 10 points. I mean, it's a very tough spot for Matt Wells. I feel for him. I don't know if Wells is on any type of a hot seat. I don't think he is. I think 2020 is going to be counted as kind of a wash for all coaches and all coaching staffs. And the budgets are so tight right now for these Power 5 teams. I have a hard time believing that any kind of massive change is going to happen. But it is it is tough. It is very tough if you're a Texas Tech fan to see this program that does not appear to be uh, trending in a great direction right now. It, it just doesn't. But I'm willing to give Wells some more time here. I think he deserves more time. I don't think we should overreact. Uh, it is a rebuild with what he's got out there in West Texas. But still, you're sitting there at 1-2. and two, You're 0-2 in the Big 12 and wondering – uh, what's next for this team, considering Bowman's health is once again in question? Pete, do you think Thompson's going to be back for the next game for Kansas State? I, I don't know. I mean, he was in a sling during that game. I have no idea whether or not he's going to be back for the next game. There's just no way to know. I hope for Kansas State's sake, because frankly, I mean, Will Howard seems like a nice player, but I don't love the idea of Will Howard being a guy who is going to you know, carry you to whatever seven eight wins I just I, I don't see that being the case so I hope Skylar Thompson is back because I think this team needs it and this program needs it right now if they really want to compete at the top of the big 12 and last but not least you've got the Iowa State Cyclones doing something they have not done since 1960 can you believe that 1960 the last time Iowa State beat Oklahoma at home Three days before JFK won election is the last time Iowa State beat the Oklahoma Sooners in Ames. Meantime, OU has now lost two straight regular season games, first time that has happened since 1999. Most of the guys playing in this game, think about this, most of the guys playing in this game were not alive the last time OU lost two straight regular season games. I mean, that's an unbelievable tidbit when you put it in perspective like that. And to think that this Oklahoma Sooners team came into this game off of a loss last week against Kansas State, and then, of course, uh, this game against Iowa State, which, you know, they were leading comfortably. It was 17-6 to in the second quarter, and I had Iowa State plus 7. I said, geez, is OU going to run away with this thing now? Iowa State had to settle for a couple of field goals. You knew that field goals was not going to win this game. But here's what I think back to as well. First drive of the game for OU. They got the ball down at the goal line. What do they do on a fourth and goal? They kick it. That tells me all I need to know about what Lincoln Riley thinks about this team. He doesn't feel, and it's it's no one's fault, right? He's got a young quarterback in there in Spencer Rattler. He would not have done that with Kyler Murray. He would not have done that with Baker Mayfield, and he would not have done that with Jalen Hurts. He kicked the field goal on the first drive. That was telling to me on a fourth and goal for Oklahoma in the opening drive of the game. You're on the road. You're saying, hey, let's get a damn touchdown here. Let's stick it in there. It's fourth and goal from the one. Let's get this job done. And they kick a field goal. That's not the Lincoln Riley we've known the past three years. All right? That's not. That's not the Oklahoma offense we've known the past three years. That was a telling sign of what was to come for the Oklahoma Sooners in that game. And, you know, Iowa State kicks a couple of field goals. But still, OU's got a 17-6 lead early in the second quarter. And I'm starting to think that my Iowa State plus seven pick is looking terrible. But guess what? 
You know what? You know right now who is the best player in the Big 12? It's Brees Hall. I, I know that Kansas State fans are going to be mad and probably say it's Deuce Vaughn. That's fine. I believe it's Brees Hall, the Iowa State running back, 28 carries, 139 yards, two touchdowns on the night. Uh, he was absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. I mean, this guy was a stud, and I know that you know some of you guys are probably going to troll me. Oklahoma State fans are going to say that he's not even the best running back in the Big 12 right now. What I've seen the last couple of weeks, it's Brees Hall. And, and this guy coming out of high school in Wichita was overlooked. I guess on Twitter this morning, the uh, Brees Hall's high school coach out of Wichita trolled Lincoln Riley a little bit. He said, I beg you to look at this guy, and he wouldn't do it. And you're seeing that you know play out. Brees Hall has had two great games against OU last year and this year. And I'll tell you what, OU is missing Kennedy Brooks tremendously. You saw that in the loss last night, 37-30 to the Iowa State Cyclones up in Ames. You saw Kennedy Brooks is being missed, and uh, this is a guy who never got the credit he deserved. Kennedy Brooks was not flashy. He was not a sexy player in the backfield for Oklahoma, but he opted out of this year because of COVID. And you're seeing a backfield and TJ Pledger and Seth McGowan, who are who are solid, but they don't have that extra oomph. Spencer Rattler, I thought he had a, a really solid game. I don't think this team lost because of Spencer Rattler. And frankly, that ball in the last possession or two went right through Theo Weiss's hands. If Theo Weiss catches that ball down on the goal line, uh, I mean, either scores on that play or he puts it in there, and Oklahoma probably wins that game. I mean, Theo Weiss, he looked like looked like me out there trying to catch a ball from Spencer Rattler. Rattler's rolling out to his right, uh, launches it downfield. For a redshirt freshman, it was an incredible throw, and it went right through Theo Weiss's hands. I mean, it was just terrible. And I know that Theo Weiss is, is still a young guy. He's a sophomore. But you know what? He was a five-star recruit. And he completely blew it on that play. And that could have been a game changer for OU. Now, some people are pointing to the fact that um, uh, the the holding call at the end of the game on Charleston Rambo. Let's talk about that. Where Greg Eisworth tugged the jersey of Charleston Rambo, the OU wide receiver. No flag was called. Iowa State ends up with the interception and basically seals the win from there. Could it have been holding? Yes. Would I have been outraged if the holding call was called against Greg Eisworth and Iowa State and and Charleston Rambo. I would not have been outraged by that call. But I can't look at the call and say that OU wins the game if that's the case. I, I can't do it. You know why? Because first off, they're trailing in the game already. It's only a 15-yard penalty. It's not a spot foul like the NFL. So there's no guarantee that OU goes on the score and then they would have to win in overtime anyway. I, I just can't do it. Now, the officiating was not good in that game. I thought the Iowa State player that got ejected for targeting was a bad call. Um, some want to point to some missed calls against Oklahoma. That's fine as well. There were. But OU didn't lose this game because of the officials. I'm sorry. I never buy that, barring something wild in the game of football. I never say it's just the officials' fault for the reason that this team lost. All right? I mean, how overrated, by the way, is, is Radley Hiles for Oklahoma? Bookie, as they call him. This guy was a five-star stud coming out of high school three, four years ago now. And, and he, he was just getting smoked all night. This guy is all hype. He's all hype, Bookie, for OU. And Alex Grinch, you know, the team finally got a turnover. And he thought it was going to be the turnover after the, the um, takeaway from Brock Purdy. 
you thought that was finally going to be the one that that basically changed the outlook of that game, and it looked like it was going to there because Purdy gets taken down, strip sack, and everything else. OU finally gets a t- turnover, and it was not the result that a lot of us expected it to be because at that point, the game was tied at 23. OU goes on the score. They go up a touchdown. All the momentum is on the side of Oklahoma in that game in the fourth quarter. And then what happens? Well, then you've got the big-time return from Kenny Nwagwu, and uh, Brees Hall runs it in, or I guess it was Brock Purdy running it in from two yards out, and they tie the game up at 30. Then you've got OU punting. Oklahoma State scores a touchdown, and the rest is history. So uh, that was a hell of a game. It was a hell of a day for the Big 12. And thank you guys for joining us to recap it here on Periscope, on Facebook Live. Uh, Any comments? Let's see what we got here. Anything I'm missing? Uh, Pete, Lincoln Riley took a page out of Mike Gundy's book, kicking that field goal early on. Great point, Brian. Great point. I totally agree with you there, man. Totally agree. So what a year it's going to be for the Big 12 Conference right now. I mean, it is crazy. OU in Texas possibly playing an elimination game this weekend in the Red River rivalry. You got to love that. Uh, please, guys, if you're on the podcast, leave a leave us a rating and a review, and we've got free koozies for you. Just send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Also, um, please do note as well, we're brought to you by mybookie.com, and the promo code BIG12 gets you a 100% sign-up bonus when you deposit. You put in 50, you get 50. You put in 100, you get 100 free bucks to play with. So we've been loving them. They're a very important partner for us to continue to grow heartlandcollegesports.com. So please do consider that. And our picks against the spread, I don't want to brag, but our picks against the spread are now 12-3 and this year after a 4-1 and day yesterday. So really love that. Uh, Mike writes, Cyclones are going 9-0 and in the Big 12. Uh, Take it easy there, Mike. Take it easy. One week at a time, pal, okay? One week at a time. Love you guys. Thanks for everything, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Check out the podcast if you haven't subscribed there. And We're releasing podcasts middle of the week, so we'll be there Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll talk to you then. Thanks so much.